Six minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Tuesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Achenu kol beis Oh, 
do we love and what we give to one another. Loving is giving, giving is life. Life is the people we love and what we give to one another. Loving is giving, giving is life. Somebody last night, they asked me what I thought of that brand new Yaakov Shweki single. I can't stop talking about it. I can't stop playing it. I think it's great. I can be Yaakov Shweki at JM in the AM. Eighth day before that with Jerusalem Stone. You heard us say that's the brand new one from Shimon Kramer. Aryeh Kunstler, Modani. Great song to hear from the CD entitled From the Depths here at JM in the AM. Achenu, that was the uh, cast of Hayu Nechonim from the Deershu album that came out a couple of years back. And Regesh, Modani opening things up. And we say good morning. It's Tuesday on this August 4th and 19th day in the month of Menachem Av. Great to be surrounded by wonderful people, I can tell you that much. And uh, tonight and tomorrow, we're going to be, and Thursday, we're going to be surrounded by incredible people who are biking for Chai from uh, Connecticut to um, the campus of Camp Simcha. Yes, it's a long ride, a very long one. And they are very dedicated folks. And the way things are turning out, by the way, because we've been tweaking the the show that we're going to be doing from Bike for Chai for like the last two weeks and just trying to figure out uh, with all the great programming experts at JM and the AM exactly how we should do things. As of right now, we might actually be pre-recording tomorrow morning's first hour from tonight's pasta party in the Bike for Chai Hotel. That's the way it's going. Um, this is, by the way, I have to give him have to give him credit. <laughs> this is something that Mark Zomik, um proposed and predicted about two weeks ago. And as usual, it took me about two weeks to get back to his idea, <laughs> which we could laugh about, I'm sure, at some point during the show. Uh, anyway, uh, so that's the way it looks right now. It looks like we're going to pre-record because essentially the bulk of the activity in the Bike for Chai Hotel tomorrow morning is sort of like from 4.30 to 6.30. 
So we're going to be doing as much as we can of the uh, 7 and 8 o'clock hours during that time, really early tomorrow morning, to give everybody an amazing feel for the incredible spirit and the wonderful goal uh, that is being met by the... Uh, uh, by the uh, by the bike for high team i'm talking about the whole collective gigantic team and um and then we'll and then you'll hear it of course uh, uh between 7 and 9 a.m. So that right now is the plan that could change because <laughs> things seem to be changing uh, by the minute just so we could really do the best show possible from such an amazing event uh, that's the way it seems right now so if you tune in tomorrow morning and it sounds like hey you know, we're presenting something that's happening the night before the race. That's because it's very likely we'll be uh, doing the first hour from tonight's pasta party. Looking forward to meeting all the riders and, uh, or as many of them as we can and, uh, being part of the, uh, of the action. I've got the easy job. Yeah. I just got to talk about it. They actually got to do the riding and it's a long, long ride to say the least over two days. And we'll be there Thursday for the world's greatest finish line. We'll be doing that live, by the way, at 2 o'clock on our stream at jmtheam.org. So you can hear that all live on our stream at jmtheam.org, which is really cool. Um, again, that'll start around 2 o'clock on Thursday. Yeah, way after the live lunch. We'll get in all the regular programming until then and then, and then kick things off about 2 o'clock from Camp Simcha. And, um, again, from what we've heard and seen, because a lot of us have seen the videos over the year, uh, over the years, uh, it is one of the most amazing scenes, and it's called the world's greatest finish line for a reason. So we'll try to keep our composure as the um, as that takes place Thursday afternoon, and uh, give everybody a real idea of what is happening—a true eyewitness account. If you can't be there at the world's greatest finish line, by the way, if you go to the Bike for High website as of now, and we're obviously live now because. I don't want people to get confused because a lot of tomorrow morning will be a drop delayed, as I, as I just explained. If you go to the website now, 6.32 in the morning on Tuesday, Eastern Time, they're at $5.3 million. I remind you that they were they were hoping they can get to $5 million. They're at $5.3 million, and that number continues to increase. Team Meridian is over three-quarters of a million dollars already. They're heading toward 800. The last time we spoke to somebody from Team Meridian, which was Thursday of last week, they were talking about six and seven hundred. They're now heading toward eight hundred thousand, and there are other teams as well that are doing amazing work. So, uh, what can I tell you? It's an unbelievable event. The community has responded in a way over these few years that is just remarkable, and we'll get a chance to talk more about it uh, uh, tomorrow morning, right here at JMA. Make sure to be tuned in. It'll be a, a very fun early morning broadcast with some incredible people who are doing some wonderful things for High Lifeline and Camp Simcha. Tuesday morning, my thanks to Mayor Furtick. I said it's good to be surrounded by great people, and I have that privilege on a daily basis. Uh, also, um, every time I'm not here at JMNAM, I get the opportunity to uh, leave you in the hands of a wonderful substitute host. In this case, Mayor Furtick yesterday. I thank him and um, appreciate the fact that he was here uh doing the broadcast yesterday here at JM in the AM. I thank him very much for that. 71 degrees outside, 84% humidity, winds are calm. Who heard and who was stuck in those thunderstorms overnight? Unbelievable. Went to sleep, everything seemed calm. At about 4.15 this morning, I was awoken by uh, by really rough thunder. I thought it was going to be a terrible ride into work, and thank goodness by the time I walked out of the house... Things were really calm again. Uh, and I know there were a lot of uh, these alerts and flash flood warnings, etc. overnight. Hopefully everyone's safe 
wherever you might be. Partly cloudy today with a high temperature of 92, then clear skies for tonight, a low of 71. Tomorrow, mostly sunny, a high temperature 88 degrees. Now, that's good news. Mostly sunny, 80. Well, I'm sure the riders wouldn't mind if it was a little cooler, and it will be a drop cooler on Thursday. But uh, at least uh, we are expecting good weather in terms of uh, sunshine, no rain, etc. Right now, Yerushalayim, where uh, in Israel the heat wave continues, they're at 95 degrees. Up in Guilford, New York, our friends at Camp Misora, and I think we're going to hear from our friends at Camp Misora uh, later on this morning. Um, they've announced a major program coming up right after camp, which I know a lot of parents and athletes are going to be uh, interested in, so we'll talk about that in the 8 o'clock hour. Anyway, up in Misora, 61 degrees, they're going up to 78, and they may still get a thunderstorm or two. Uh, today on Tuesday, 25 minutes before 7 o'clock. Thanks for tuning in. It's 91.1 FM, 90.1 FM in the Catskills. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, with a special good morning and a special hello to those tuned in on the NSN app. The NSN app is an amazing way to listen in from anywhere around the world and gives you the chance to comment on anything that's happening, just go to the home screen of the NSN app, comment away. We'll see that in front of us at some point uh, in the next few minutes right here at JM in the AM.
JM in the AM. Uh, Ami Randir, he had a pretty amazing live performance here at JM in the AM, you may recall, a few weeks back. Pretty amazing. That's his uh, selection entitled the No De La Before that, Baruch Shalom Blasovsky with Shuva. You heard the Yaakov Shweki piece, I Can Be. That's the brand new single. 16 minutes before 7 o'clock, it's JM in the AM on this Tuesday. Uh, a couple of people asked me already this morning uh, <laughs> regarding Sunday. Um, I was scheduled as, as as the routine that uh, you heard on this show uh, can attest to over the last couple of weeks uh, when Steve Cohen, the general manager of the Brooklyn Cyclones, um, uh, joined me. I was scheduled to throw out the first pitch at the Brooklyn Cyclones game Jewish Heritage Day this past Sunday. And, um, and for those of you who were there, obviously, uh, uh, you probably, if you were there before the game, you realized that I was not there to throw out the first pitch. Literally at the last minute, uh, at the very last minute, something came up, a, um, an urgent situation. Thank God everything's fine, but an urgent situation came up at the last minute, uh, Sunday morning at about 11 o'clock and, uh, I emailed Steve Cohen. And I said, I hate to do this to you, but there's no way I'm going to make it there in time for the uh, first pitch. So he understood, and he was very gracious and nice. And I thanked the Cyclones. I'm sure it was a great Jewish Heritage Day. hope everybody who went had a great time. And I told them I'll take a rain check on the, uh... yeah, now I have more time to practice. That's correct. <laughs> now I bought myself some more time to practice the first pitch. So that's the story with that. So a big shout-out to the Brooklyn Cyclones this morning from all of us here at JM and the AM. And then I was uh, looking at Facebook, and PC guy, who, of course, is always with us, part of our team in Israel. Um, he, he, his Aliyahversary is today. Six years ago today, he uh, landed in Israel to start his new life over there and uh, started getting me thinking about the uh, Nevesh Benefesh flight that's coming up. And, of course, uh, I go to the Jerusalem Post website, and the first thing that pops up is an announcement that everybody should be watching on the 18th of August when uh, the Nevesh Benefesh flight uh, charter flight for August 2015 lands in Ben Gurion Airport. And, uh, we're again going to have the privilege to be on that flight. I'll be on that flight. Miriam L. Wallach will be on that flight. We'll be covering the whole thing and doing a show straight from the airport, literally right when we land. And uh, when I saw that announcement and I said August 18th, oh my gosh, that's just uh, 14 days from now. It's two weeks from today that we land in Israel and there is nothing. Believe me, the only thing, the only bad part of the entire webcast that they do that you could watch, you know, people get off the plane and see the ceremony from Ben Gurion. The only bad part is I feel ridiculous that I am, that I'm among, among the few that's uh, not staying there in Israel. But, uh, otherwise it is one of the most amazing and exhilarating uh, scenes and one of the most incredible, uh, places to be. And I'm sure you'll get that off of that site. And then obviously the next morning when you tune into us, uh, you'll hear what, uh, what happened, uh, uh, literally in the airport as we uh, landed and then proceeded to do the show, which will include, of course, conversations I will have on the plane with Olim. whole thing is uh, an amazing experience. So get ready for that a couple of weeks from now. Meanwhile, this week, I remind you, Bike for Chai is taking place. We'll be there tonight. That's how we're likely going to do things. We're literally going to start the show tonight, hour number one from the pasta party, hour number two and three from the very early morning start line at the Bike for Chai Hotel in Connecticut, if you have not yet sponsored, here's your chance to do so. You go to the website and you keep adding to this amazing total that they are enjoying. It is just incredible what's going on, how many teams have raised so much money 
uh, so far for uh, High Lifeline Camp Simcha, specifically for Camp Simcha, of course. They're at $5.325 million. $5.325 million at this point. You go to the list of riders. You, I bet you'll find somebody you know. There's so many riders. And uh, you'll be able to add to that amazing total and uh, be part of what is going to be an absolutely exhilarating experience. And like I said, our t- yeah, Team Siegel, Team JM has the easiest job. <laughs> team JM just has to be there and uh, describe the whole thing. It's all the other teams are going to be doing the hundreds of miles of cycling, which is going to be remarkable and incredible. So we look forward to bringing that to you. That starts tomorrow morning here at JM in the AM. And a reminder that will be on the web at 2 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday when they reach the world's greatest finish line at Camp Simcha. Oh, hot next, brand new. It's JM in the AM.
לרדוף אחרי המרה שחורה, להכניס אותה גם כן לתוך השמחה. אבל מעלה יתרה להתאמץ, לרדוף אחרי המרה שחורה, להכניס אותה גם כן לתוך השמחה. שתתהפך בעצמה לשמחה, שתתהפך בעצמה Classic from Mordechai Ben David. Ohad before that with Segula, brand new title track for him here at JM in the AM. America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listen to sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Oh, golly, it's all in the background. News from Israel coming up. Thank you to Mayor Furtig for sitting in yesterday. Thank you, Mr. Mayor Furtig. Tomorrow is our uh, Bike for Chai program. Can't wait. We'll be doing part of the show tonight from their big pasta party before the big ride. Tomorrow, of course, early, early morning from the start line of Bike for Chai. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast for a Tuesday follows next. We say Boker Tov from Jamie. ליצאל השעה שתיים, כאן רן יובנאי עם מה שקורה עכשיו. בשורה לנוסעים בתחבורה הציבורית, תעריפי הנסיעה באוטובוסים וברכבות צפויים לרדת, כתבנו איתמר קציר. שרי התחבורה והאוצר סיכמו על רפורמה במחירי התחבורה הציבורית, שבמסגרתה יורדו המחירים בכרטיסי החופשי חודשי לאוטובוסים ורכבות בעשרות אחוזים. כך לדוגמה, כרטיס חופשי חודשי באזור המרכז יעלה 252 שקלים במקום 400 שקלים. עלות הרפורמה נאמדת ב-120 מיליון שקל לשנה. חשד לפרשיית אונס קבוצתי בראשון לציון, שמונה גברים, רובם אזרחים זרים, חשודים כי אנסו אישה שפגשו במועדון. כתבתנו עדה שטייף. צעירה בת 34 פגשה במועדון בראשון לציון, חבורת עובדים זרים מאריתריאה. החבורה, שמונה במספר, הצליחו להביא את הצעירה לדירתם. שם כלאו אותה וביצעו בעבירות מין קשות, זה אחר זה. רק אחר כך אפשרו לצעירה ללכת. בעקבות תלונתה במשטרה נעצרו החשודים בהם ישראלי אחד, וכתב אישום חמור יוגש נגדם בימים הקרובים. 
עימות קולני בכנסת במהלך דיון מיוחד בנושאי פשעי השנאה. אורן חזן תקף את חברי הכנסת מהשמאל. יעל גרמן השיבה לו. אנחנו אלה שלא בסדר, אנחנו אלה שמסיתים. אתה מדבר על הדם של המשפחה בכפר דומא. איפה היית שנשפכו פה נערות של דם יהודי? אתם מגבים את הטרור, והגיע הזמן שאנחנו נעצור קודם כל אתכם ואת ההסתה שיוצאת תודה. מהבית הזה. יש לנו היום מלחמה. לכולנו. אורן, אני מדברת עכשיו. שב בשקט! שרת המשפטים איילת שקד מספרת לרינו צרור כי היא שוקלת לפצל את תפקיד היועץ המשפטי לממשלה. אני נוטה כן ללכת לכיוון הפיצול. אני ביקשתי מחברי הוועדה להודיע למתמודדים שהדבר נבחן ויישקל, ולכן חשוב לי שהמועמדים שעולים לוועדה או מגיעים ככה לשלב הסופי, וגם מי שמתמודד על התפקיד, שידעו שהדבר בהחלט נבחן ברצינות. מזג האוויר, החום הגדול בחוץ, נמשך. ולסיום, השם הארוך ביותר למשרד ממשלתי מתקצר. השרה גילה גמליאל האחראית לשוויון מגדרי, שוויון המיעוטים וקידום הצעירים והאזרחים הוותיקים בישראל. היא תעמוד בראש המשרד החדש, שייקרא מעתה באופן פשוט יותר, המשרד לשוויון חברתי. אלה החדשות שעורך אילי לוין.
אני רושם שלא אשכח, לא אשכח אותם ימים. יצאתי כי שמעתי את קולך, כמו בבפנים אותך ראיתי בעיני ילדים. הקטנים השובבים בתוך צבעי החמה, שבה בין ערים אדם יוצא אינו יודע, הצפון לו בדרכים, הנה יצאת לקראתי. הדלת נפתחה לסמטאות האבנים, בין שיחקו הילדים, באותיות ובמילים, אותך ראיתי פה ושם, כמו משחק המחבואים, מציץ עליי משגיח, מן החלונות שהיו פתוחים, אדם יוצא ומשאיר, חלון פתוח לעולם, אני מצאתיך לקראתי. השמיים שפתחת מעליי שתקתי ושמעת תפילותיי, היית לי עמוד אש מלבקש, עמוד ענן בשביל חדש וישן, השמיים שפתחת מעליי. אני שתקתי ושמעת תפילותיי, היית לי עמוד אש מלבקש, עמוד ענן ולא שאלתי אותך לאן. ואז הם באו השירים, המגינות והמילים, כששאלו אותי הילדים, ועניתי בצלילים, אותך ראיתי לעת ערב, לעת כוכב, מתוך דיבוק החברים, מתוך שתיקת עצי הזית, והם היו פורסים, כמו כהנים על הברכים, עטופים לטליתם, אדם לפני שהוא יוצא. השמיים שפרסת מעליי, שתקתי ושמעת תפילותיי, היית לי עמוד אש מלבקש, עמוד ענן, שביל חדש וישן, השמיים שפרסת מעליי. שתקתי ושמעת תפילותיי, היית לי עמוד אש מלבקש, עמוד ענן, ולא שאלתי אותך עכשיו אני מנגן על הגיטרה שניגן לנו אבי מילדותי לפני שינה כדי שירדם במנגינה עכשיו כשאיני יכול להירדם אני קם ומנגן שקט קצת כי בני הקטן כבר ישן אותה מנגינה כמעט אותה גיטרה קצת יותר סדקים ושונים שעברו J.M. and the A.M. He's pretty amazing, Aaron Razel. He really is pretty amazing. We're discussing him over Shabbos. What an amazing uh, performer he is and, of course, songwriter. Yemei Tzvat is the name of that one from his latest album entitled Ha'ish B'Ktsei HaMahara. Baruch Levine with Samachem. You heard Lipo with Kaf Al Kaf to open up the 7 o'clock hour. It's Tuesday morning. It's J.M. and the A.M. Hello, all. My name is Nachum Siegel. Thanks to Mayor Furtick for sitting in yesterday, and thanks to all of you for tuning in. 
I appreciate those who are listening from around the world on this Tuesday. Don't forget the NSN app gives you an opportunity to comment on anything going on. I saw some good comments, by the way, over the last couple of days. Uh, <laughs> PC guy let everybody know that he's listening in a very hot 104-degree Jerusalem. <laughs> Trucker Yitz checked in, which is nice. A uh, little discussion on the app uh, about Mayor Weingarten's show yesterday, which was a very sensitive topic during the Israel show. I got a reaction. And uh, if you have an opportunity, or if you, I should say, if you have the uh, the urge to comment on the app, go ahead and do so. It's uh, the home screen of the NSN app for Android and for uh, iPhone. It gives you a chance to comment on anything going on as we program all through the day. 18 minutes after the hour. Don't forget, tomorrow's a big day. Bike for Chai. That's right. Bike for Chai is tomorrow morning, which means that uh, the way things look right now, uh, as Mark Zomik, uh, predicted two weeks ago, uh, as things look right now, we'll be pre-recording hour number one of our show for tomorrow morning at the big pasta party up in Connecticut tonight. And then, um, uh, to tomorrow, uh, very early in the morning, we'll have a, um, a broadcast from the, uh, actual start of the bike for high that leaves Connecticut and then uh, many, many miles later on Thursday afternoon ends up at Camp Simcha, the world's greatest finish line, where we're going to be on Thursday. So make sure to be tuned in. If you haven't sponsored yet, obviously you want to do so. Uh, it's one of the most amazing fundraising efforts in the Jewish community worldwide. They are up to $5.325 million. Excuse me, now it's $5.331 million. And it just keeps going up, thank God. And, um, obviously the big beneficiaries, the hundreds of kids at Camp Simcha who are uh, spending the summer there. And again, we're there tomorrow. The weather looks good, at least from a spectator's standpoint. Maybe a bit too hot for the riders, I would guess. Supposed to be 92 today, 88 tomorrow. Should be a drop cooler on Thursday. Uh, but it does not look like any rain in the forecast. Those thunderstorms were for this early morning, and it looks like uh, those are gone. So, Hey, Mazal Tov to the Irani family. We were down there last night in Deal, New Jersey, for the amazing wedding. Yummy Lowy was spectacular, as usual. Uh, Zohar sang under the chuppah. Beautiful, incredible repertoire. And uh, Aaron Teitelbaum, Yisrael M, and everybody, of course, did a great job. So to the Irani family, a Mazal Tov. Mabruk and Mazal Tov from all of us here. At JM in the AM, 71 degrees, partly cloudy, and a high temperature of 92. It's a Tuesday morning broadcast at 20 minutes after 7 o'clock as we continue with brand-new music from 8th Day. Rachel knew her man was strong, cutting, chopping all day long, but he was turning 40, he couldn't read. He'd trim your tree, make a dime, married a woman so divine, and she'd be the one change history. Chase your dreams, don't wait for me, a man must face his destiny, and I can't wait to see. Grab each letter as it comes, word by word is how it's done, line by line, it'll work out fine. Greatest sage that ever lived, had a tough time as a kid, you see, he was turning 40, he couldn't read. He 
stood together like a poem by the river near the home cause what you see is meant to be he saw soft water rock and stone and maybe tore reach my bones and I changed destiny I'll grab each letter as it comes word by word is how it's done line by line it'll work out fine Summer's night, Rachel sat by candlelight. She could wait forever graciously. Came back to town a little gray, a thousand students in his way. She was in the back so patiently. He held the crown for all to see. I could never teach what she taught me, and I learned bravery. I grabbed each letter as it comes, word by word. Chase your dreams, don't wait for me A man must face his destiny And I can't wait to see Grab each letter as it comes Word by word is how it's done Line by line, it'll work out fine Yeah.
Pretty amazing, huh? Amiran Dvir, he is good. JM and the AM Tuesday, good morning. Thanks for joining us, 28 minutes after 7 o'clock. Thank you, Mayor Furtick, for sitting in yesterday. Don't forget, tomorrow you'll hear our Bike for a Chai show as we highlight the most amazing and incredible ride up to Camp Simcha, which uh, wraps up somewhere in the, uh, oh, I guess, 3 o'clock hour on Thursday with the world's greatest finish line. If you haven't contributed yet, you can go to the Bike for Chai website where they have enjoyed an amazing response from the community worldwide. As usual, everyone should be commended for that. Really incredible. NSN app in full bloom, meaning if you have a comment you want to make, in full bloom, I don't know what that means. If you have a comment you want to make, you can go to the NSN app and comment on the home screen. We will see that. By the way, are we the only ones who every, where's Morris S's? Morris S's, I am, I am, I am, uh, paging you throughout the entire Jewish world. I figured if anybody would let me know who won the Hatsala NYPD game last night, it would be Boris. <laughs> Are we the only ones who, when we go to the game, are tweeting and Facebooking and keeping people up to date, inning by inning, what's going on? Uh, I don't see any discussion on Facebook this year. We were not able to be there last night, as I mentioned, at the Hatsala uh, NYPD game. That, that was originally planned. We missed Sunday's Jewish Heritage Day with the Cyclones because of a last-minute uh, situation, as I described earlier. Um, but last night we were not able to make it to uh, what was scheduled to be not only a great game between the NYPD and Hatzala, but Avram Fried was in concert and a whole bunch of other stuff. So I'm sure all that was great. Who won the game? Does anybody know? Email us. Comment on the app. Uh, message us on Facebook. Something. Get me a message. Let me know what happened. I always, I always, and I was wrong last year, 
I always predict that the NYPD will win. Since Hatzalah won last year, I will have to stand with my prediction for sure. Even more for, even more sure than usual that the NYPD won last night. But someone let me know if you were sitting there in the ballpark last night. Get in touch with us and let us know what the results were. We are very curious here in our Jersey City studio. Tuesday morning, it's JM and the AM, Rabbi David Goldwasser's words. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. The Talmud and Kedushin relates a fascinating story. It's concerning Yanai HaMelech. He waged war with Kuchlis and was victorious. Upon his return, he made a victory celebration, and he invited all the Chachme Yisrael, the Torah sages. One person, Elazar ben Pariya, was very jealous of the Chachamim. He told the king that the Chachamim opposed his reign. The king asked Elazar, what should I do? Elazar advised the king to appear before the Chachamim with the tzitz on his forehead. Yanai did so. And one of the Chachomim there said, Let the crown of kingdom be enough for you. Leave the kahuna to the descendants of Aaron. The Brysa notes that in truth, Yanai was a descendant of Aaron. However, there was a rumor that his mother had been captured in the city of Modin and was dishonored. The law is that a wife who has been captured is invalidated from the kahuna. Her children cannot serve as Kohanim. The rumor was not confirmed, but the harm was done. The Chachamim departed in anger because of the false accusation. Elozer ben Puriya said, That is the law for even the most humble man in Klal Yisrael. You are a king and a Kohen. Should that be your law too? Elozer then advised him to kill all the Chachamim. But what about the Torah, asked Yanai Melech? The Torah is rolled up. It's lying in the corner. Whoever wants to can come and learn from it. Yanai Melech then killed all the Chachamim, and indeed the world was desolate until Shimon ben Shetach came and restored the Torah to its former glory. Chazal tell us that saras, leprosy, is a divine punishment. It's for the sin of Lashon Hara. The Sefer Akana states that nowadays, instead of saras, we have the suffering of poverty. Many people think that rumors are innocuous, innocent. In truth, being a link in the continuation of a rumor may be aiding and abetting a murderer. Rumors that cause embarrassment to an individual or to a group of people fall under the category of shaming a face in public. It is considered as if the person has spilled blood and does not have a chalik, a portion, in the next world. The Talmud and Brochus teaches us that when Rabbi Eliezer fell ill, his Talmudim visited him. They asked him for advice on how they could secure their portion in the world to come. He said to them, Be considerate of the honor of your colleagues. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
J.M. in the A.M. Shlomo Katz with a big mazel tov to all those who are celebrating weddings during this wedding season. There he is, Shlomo Katz. I am sitting here in stunned disbelief. <laughs> I asked everybody, as you heard a few minutes ago, I asked who won the NYPD Hatsala game, and I said because Hatsala won last year, there's no doubt in my mind that the NYPD won. And then the calls started coming in from listeners who were in the ballpark last night at MCU Park. And then I was able to reach Ellie Palatoff, who, of course, is one of the coordinators of the game and joined us last week in advance of the game. Ellie, welcome back to JM and the AM. How are you? Nothing. Everything is wonderful. I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here in stunned disbelief. The report that I got is that the NYPD was defeated by Hatzala sixteen to four. Is that accurate? I don't know if the word "defeated" uh, accurately <laughs> describes the game. I believe "demolished" would be. Uh... More accurate. Well, first of all, we have to determine that I am, of course, the Hatzala good luck charm. I was uh, I was stranded in Israel last summer and missed the game, and they won. And then this year, of course, because of my uh, other plans of the schedule, I wasn't able to be there last night, and they win. So that, that's the first suspicion. But, you know, you know my theory, and it's worked before, when Hatzala wins, I say to my, which they did last year, I say to myself, and I've been proven right in the past, that there's no way in the world the NYPD will go ahead and lose two years in a row. They'll do everything in their power to make sure they don't. What happened last night? Um, it's an excellent question. <laughs> I believe there was, there was only one inning, and I believe it was the fourth. It was the only winning, it was the only inning that I saw it did not score a run. Unbelievable. And I heard that a seven run first or something like that? Uh, uh, four run first. Wow. I believe a five-run second. There, it was. It was really. Uh, it was something else. I don't know. I think the sun was collectively in the eyes of the NYPD. <laughs> Any major stars that we should note on the Hatzala side, or it's not fair to name names because we don't have the scorecard in front of us. <laughs> yeah, we can't. We can't name names. We definitely can't name but there, names. But there, everybody, but there must. Everybody did well. But there must have been some outstanding performances. Um, there were. As El Mishwalger was uh, obviously his pitching was uh, exceptional. His son also played. He got some big hits. Ellie White wow. had some big hits. There were there were there were hits all over. At one point in the second, we, we were about to put our rum freed in, but uh, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, he, he was warming some of the players up before the game. But, it, uh, was there a good crowd? It was an excellent crowd. It really was. It was. It was nice. There were a lot of camps there. Oh, Baruch uh, Hashem. It, it, it was just. It, it was a fun night by everybody. The Chicago boys. They they, they put on a spectacular show as well. And Avramel, I'm sure, was great. Uh, he was excellent. And uh, before he sang, uh, Yehuda Shapiro sang as well. Very nice. You know, I, I I have to uh, I have to be careful. I got to stop making fun of the Hatzala guys. They came through with a big victory last night and. Uh, and they are they are in no way a a baseball laughing stock. They're a powerhouse at this point. What can I tell you? I, I agree, but I would be very careful um, making fun of the NYPD. I know you, you don't you don't want your car towed daily. <laughs> well, not just that, but you know, again, if my the, if my theory is even semi correct, then you you know it's going to happen next year. But we'll see if I end up being right. <laughs> well, that seems to be what you said to me last. Week I know. Because it usually works, and it has been proven right in the past. But what can I tell you? <laughs> hey, listen, the Yankees can be in first by six games this year. 
That's and, true. And how solid can beat the NYPD? There you go. Well, there you have it, folks. Again, you should say, well, why not be a, why not stretch it a bit further? The Mets could be in first place this year. <laughs> that, that, with that happening, I think Mashiach is right around. The <laughs> it's just so. amazing, I'll tell you. A lot of Mets fans out there very happy. All right, Ellie, thank you, and Yashikach to you and everybody at Sala. Uh, and the NYPD for making another great, successful night. And Amir Tashem will join you next year. I'm so glad it went well last evening. And, and congrats, Todd Sulla. Big victory. Yeah, well, we have to see if we invite you next year. <laughs> the way things are going. Oh, yeah, good point. Good point. <laughs> I thank you, sir. Ellie Politoff, one of the coordinators for the Sulla NYPD annual game. I am stunned by the results. But congratulations to our friends at Hatsala. From all of us here at JM in the AM. David Dax and company next to JM in the AM.
Jam and the AM, it's David Dax and company. Shiraz Hayam CD here at JM and the AM. Nine minutes before 8 o'clock on a Tuesday morning broadcast. Well, there's certain people who always bring us some incredible guests here to JM and the AM. And when it comes to the uh, world of Chesed, if you want to meet some remarkable people, just hang out with the Rosazada family in West Orange, New Jersey. This is not news to uh, people who know them and not news to those who are regular listeners of this show. And Dr. Joe Rosazada is here, and he has, in fact, not only met, but has brought in and has introduced to me uh, some incredible people from the holy city of Jerusalem. Tuesday morning broadcast, and uh, you never know what may happen here at JM&M. And in this case, we get the opportunity to hear about some incredible mitzvot, some incredible Chesed, that's happening in the holy city of Jerusalem. First, Dr. Joe Rosazato, welcome back to JM in the AM. Boker Tov. Boker Tov, it's so nice to see you again. Again you opened your home to some incredible people from the Holy Land, huh? I'm so happy that they really came this past Shabbat to our house. Malchus and his son, they're unbelievable, incredible people. They really, really are. I mean, it's... It's magnificent what they do. It's unbelievable what they do. The story, how you found out about this, I don't, I don't even know if it's for the air right now, but it is pretty remarkable. And uh, sure enough, uh, the Machlis family representatives uh, were in the uh, United States and are still in the United States. Uh, we're here this past Shabbat, and uh, and the chose an amazing house of chesed by Lori and Joe in West Orange, New Jersey. Rabbi Mordechai Machlis, welcome to JM in the AM. Shalom. Shalom, Shalom and an honor to meet you. And uh, Moshe Machlis, welcome to JM in the AM, and an honor to meet you as well. Shalom Aleichem. All right, now how do we start this? Because I, ho- I hope Rabbi Machlis will be cooperative in describing all the things that he and his family do in Jerusalem. Essentially, by the way, you know, we, we shouldn't assume that there are people in this audience who have not heard of the Machlis family. I would bet that young and old are familiar with uh, with what they do in Jerusalem already before this discussion at JM and the AM. 100%. Yeah, I mean, anywhere I've said Rav Malchus' name, it's it's unbelievable what they say about him, what they know about him. They say, oh, you know, I don't have a place for Shabbat. Go, just go to Rav Malchus. What are you talking about? I go there all the time. Just go. Any 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 young, any old, anybody that that, that walks Jerusalem in, at the Kotel, not at the Kotel, anywhere they are, it's unbelievable and it's it's, it's incredible. It in, really in what incredible. neighborhood do you live in Jerusalem? It's called Malot Dafna. You're in Malot Dafna, very familiar, of course, to many of us. And uh, I'll ask your son, Moshe, um, how many people could be at the Shabbos table on a typical Shabbat? You mean only table? or <laughs> Yeah, I should say ta- <laughs> tables, right? But uh, if you run out of space at the tables, there's always an outside with no tables. Oh, really? There's additional area, additional seating area. How many people could be guests on a typical Shabbat at your parents' home? Uh, Friday night, I would say about 120. And, and when I say typical, you mean it. Like, that might be an average. An average of 100, at least, 100 plus. Rabbi Machlis, how did all, this all start? How did this tradition of opening your home to over 100 people begin? It's with our common uh, grandfather and grandmother, Avraham Avinu, <laughs> Sarai Menu, who have inspired uh, all, of her, all of their grandchildren to follow suit. I think. And that's it. That's where you get the chesed from, huh? From those humble beginnings of Abraham and Sarah. Uh, why don't you bring us a little bit more up to date, like how it started once you found your wife and decided to open your home for chesed. <laughs> we had a common dream, Baruch Hashem, uh, even before we were married, that perhaps that God would allow us this opportunity. 
and uh, we've tried to actualize it to the best of our ability. How does one find a hundred guests for Shabbat? Lori and Joe try every week and can never get to a hundred. How do you find a hundred people that need a place for Shabbat? First of all, when God will bless them very shortly to move to Yerushalayim, they'll find many more than a hundred, I'm sure. Wow. Lovingly and happily. I, I guess it's more luck than an Etzik's <laughs> But if we say that there are approximately, I hope, much more, but let's say at least 14 million right. Jews in the world, right. so what's a hundred? It's, well, it's a hundred. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's nothing. Right. And besides that, there are seven and a half billion people in there. Right. And Yerushalayim being the center of the world, and people longing and searching, and being so hungry and thirsty for Shabbat, and for unity and for love and for peace and yeah. for Torah. But there must have been, and, and I'm only taking advantage of the fact that you're here and I have you on the spot, because I'm sure in no other context <laughs> will I be able to get any of this information out of you. There must have been an event, an episode, a turning point, some epiphany, which led you and your wife to, to even if you didn't say it out loud or, or even think it, but just gave you this inclination to open your home like this. I would, I would, I would be so sad to disappoint you, but I can't. <laughs> surely, surely, in front of all these great people, I mean, we, we hear of your great uh, radio show, even <laughs> even even in Yerushalayim. I mean, the Gemara teaches that there's something called Ridya, Raja, that reaches from Sofa Olam Vaad Sofa. You know, yeah, so, Fevo, so, Thank you very much. Yeah, so <laughs> it was we, worth we, your visit just yeah, for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but but I, I can't point to anything uh, specific. Right. Right, but, think, but this tradition has been going on since when? Did it start a week after you got married? Did it start ten years later? When did it begin? I would think very closely, very very close to the time that we were privileged really? to get married. Baruch Hashem. Even before you had your own children? Yes, I that's think. amazing. In fact, there was more room before we had. <laughs> I can imagine. And I mean, I'm sure there's people in this audience right now asking themselves, you know, Siegel asked the question, how could you raise a family when there's 100 people at the Shabbos table? But I'll wait with that for a minute, <laughs> because I'm sure you think that's a ridiculous notion. No, nothing wrong with your kids being surrounded by chesed on a weekly basis, right? Uh, no, I, 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 do, uh, I do hope, and we always pray, that it should only have a positive effect on them and hof- right. hopefully educate them in the right ways. We, we have instituted in our home uh, an early meal. Uh, ah. Only, only for the children. Right. Where the door is locked up to a certain point. There's a time. There's a time schedule on the door. Right. And the, nobody, nobody participates. More or less, nobody except for those people who are banging and screaming. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the ones who are really hungry, <laughs> yeah, or really feel that they are the really the family. Right. They belong at the first <laughs> meal. <laughs> so that's that's. Our that's bond. how you know when you made it when you get to the first meal. <laughs> that, that's our, that's our bonding time. And Baruch Hashem. I mean, well, you're a smart man, right? Mordechai Machlis is here with our special guests. Um, you must have met, and, and, and again, I, I don't even know if you're if we're going to explore the methods of how you do get that number of people to your home. But you you must have met some fascinating individuals from around the world in, in, in this context. I never met an individual who's not fascinating. <laughs> I, mean, I, mean, I mean, everybody's fascinating. Everybody's an entire world. I mean, yes. And it must be impossible to engage in conversation with every one of them during one Shabbos meal. Uh, but I, I think the, the beauty and the glory of the joint experience, we try to cater to the individual, even though there's a large group. And uh, with the help of God, I mean, to the best of our ability, I try to uh, personalize it and uh, get to know them properly and to hear their wisdom, not just to teach, but to learn from them and to experience from them. And I, I say almost every week that we're privileged to have at our home uh, people who have never experienced Shabbat before, right. as well as people who have been observing Shabbat their whole lives. Right. Me- meaning many people who are semi-regular might bring 
rookies to your home, right? I mean, that, uh, I guess that's how it works. The, the number of regulars is, is much lower than the amount of people who come. Right, a lot of newbies. Right, and I'm saying, but even the people who want to experience the Shabbat, because they want to be together with so many different people, I think that each group has to learn from the other. The, the people who have never observed Shabbat, of course, from the people who are there all the time, who have who are, or Shabbat is part of their essence, and the people who have been observing Shabbat to gain that freshness, that excitement, the exhilaration of, wow, the first Shabbat. Right. If every Shabbat could only be the first Shabbat for everybody, I think we're on the road to great. No question about that. Well, now I learned the lesson. Never tell you that I have 20 Shabbos guests. You're not going to be impressed. <laughs> I, think, I think one person is an entire world. So if, if one person is the entire world, 20 people, 20 worlds, it's, it's beautiful. It's, it's bigger than I think. It's huh? beautiful. It's beautiful. It's America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 in the FM dial broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmnam.org. Our good friend Dr. Joe Rosazad is here. He's brought us Rabbi Mordechai Machlis, Moshe Machlis into our studio. Your wife's name is? Henny. Henny Machlis, and we want to acknowledge her because I, I assume she has something to do with this whole operation, right? She's the, the force behind everything. Yeah, I can only imagine. Maybe you could say a little prayer for her. She's not feeling so well now. All right, yes. so we're going to keep her in mind. Thank you. And she should have a refuah shlema. And, and I hope she Amen. gets nachas and a big smile comes to her face by listening to this conversation. Amen. Um, tell me about her role because did she insist from the beginning that all this be homemade food or or she's willing to uh, accept the, the donated uh, items for people like how does it work and i would i would assume that if you're feeding i don't know 100 to 150 people on shabbos i would assume that you know you got to make certain concessions on this moshe give us the inside give us the inside information into this please first of all as a son i want to just uh, address what you said before about yeah about being raised in a home like this. So I remember many years ago, my mother went to speak to one of the great rabbis in Jerusalem. Right. She said, what do you say? I don't know, we have these guests, my kids are growing up. He said, I don't understand the question. There's seven days in the week. Six days for your family. One day you give the rest to the people. It's not a... He, he didn't think that was such a... What goes on uh, in the kitchen? It's quite know. an operation, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah, small kitchen, smaller than this room right here. It's uh quite impressive the amount of production that comes out of there i can only imagine so so it is a small kitchen small jerusalem apartment kitchen and in, in maladafna and is there help i mean do, does your mother have people who assist her are there are there caterers or are there bakeries or are there others who might lend a hand to this whole operation uh, the challah is not home baked okay besides that it's all all home baked literally uh, yeah my mother my sisters a lot of freezers hanging out in your house? No, not so much. <laughs> <laughs> no room. <laughs> and Fridays must be very hectic then. Yeah. What's your assignment on Friday? Go buy the soda? <laughs> um, some people help by disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> so no matter how many guests, some homes operate the same way as others. Rav Moshe and his wife live in Ramat Beit Shem. So the, the greatest help they can do is they, when they come with their children to, to celebrate Shabbat. You like that, that's good. Huh? That's an elevation. I ask him to help run the meals. So uh, I can imagine. But before you were married, I would assume you had some role on Fridays, right? Yeah. yeah. You, didn't get away, out, you didn't get away with disappearing at that point, did you? Yeah, you would take out this furniture every Friday. The roll up the carpet, move out the couches. Where does it go? Backyard. 
Yeah. Seriously? Seriously. Winter months doesn't matter. Uh, the couches don't have a very long lifespan, but uh, yeah. Every Friday, the furniture leaves the home. It's not, tom- it's not so much furniture. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever there is. Whatever there is, yeah. And, and as much. Ru- By the way, if you have 100, 150 people, what's the real capacity? Of the of the room, like you know, because it's Jerusalem after all. So I'm assuming it expands as you, more and more people come I, in. But I, I think that there's as much room as there in, in the home as there is in the heart. I don't think that it has to do with uh, physical dimensions. Rabbi Machlis, why not humor <laughs> me and tell me what an architect would say? What would the fire department I'll tell you, say? I have a in terms of how many people fit in that house? The, the fire department is connected to the Aish. <laughs> oh, yes, the Aish. <laughs> I mean, if they would me, be, me know Aish that lama. I mean, I mean they, you know, there are those that are mockmen about maximum capacity. Uh, Th- uh, those uh, would uh, say that about how many could fit into that area. I, I, I'm really, don't, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't <laughs> I'll tell you, my cousin's a party planner. Yeah, good. Very he, good. He walked in once. It was during the week right. when the house looked semi-normal. And he <laughs> says, Listen, I'm a party planner. People pay me to figure out how many seats. The maximum you can fit in this living room is about 40. Oh, my gosh. Maximum 50. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> but you know that uh, there are many people who are longing their whole lives. They're dreaming about trying to get closer to other people. So here's an opportunity. Yeah, they'll be close, all right. Yeah. <laughs> one of the, they may be sitting on top of each other. And one of the miracles of Yerushalayim, it says in the Mishnah, is that no one right. ever complained that there was no room in Yerushalayim. Okay. There's always space. You see your house expand just as the people walk in. Simple as that. <laughs> With the help of God. It's amazing. All right. Uh, Joe, I hope you, you learned over this past Shabbat how people can help support this incredible effort by the Machlis family. Because I have a feeling if I ask them, they're probably not going to give all the details necessary. They, they, they're so. You have no idea. These people are so humble. They're so. They're incredible people. I'm telling you, like, you know, like I was, I was learning from him. I was trying to like understand. He was saying, you know, some people come to my house. They want, they, you know, they want the food. They're very, very hungry for the food. They're, you know, the mamish have nothing. They're hungry for the food. And there's some people who come. They're not hungry at all. They want their the heart, their spirituality. That's what they want out of that, out of out of Friday night or or Shabbat meal. That's what they want. And he he, it, he meant it, and I and I saw it in his face. I'm telling you, like it's like incredible. It really, really is incredible. Like you go to, to you're walking in the, at the hotel, and you say, oh, you know, I don't have a place. Where am I going? Whatever it is, it's a dream. You know, like go right. Ramalchus is like right there, and uh, it's it's incredible. And really, the, the you know his uh, hen, hen, uh, the wife should have a refuah lema. Really, really, you know, emphasize on that. Um, they have a website. Um, that yeah, we found on. it. And it, I'll tell you, it's ra- relatively simple. I mean, anybody so, could just go and donate on the site. That's, it's it's it, also pretty amazing when you type the words Jerusalem Chesed that this is the site that comes up. I mean, that I says mean, it, it all. And it's in, it's, everything is Minashamayim. I'm telling you, every little thing happens in this world. As you know, it's Minashamayim. You know, like it's it's incredible what they do. And I think Dr. Malchus was speaking tonight at Tinek. And oh, what's happening tonight? What are the details on that? Anybody know? Do we know the uh, the information? Moshe, you have the information? You get that. Meanwhile, let me tell everybody. It's very simple. I introduced to you Rabbi Machlis and this incredible panel this morning. Uh, they are now officially one of our favorite uh, and amazing charities to contribute to, or causes, I should say, causes to contribute to. It's machlis.org. That's the easiest way to get there. M-A-C-H-L-I-S.org. M-A-C-H-L-I-S.org. I assume if I ask you what a Shabbat costs, you're not going to tell me anyway, correct? So people just give as generously <laughs> as possible. Or do you want to give details about the Moshe? Can you give us any details on that? 
Yeah, it says it on the website. Oh, does it have it? Yeah, Do you, yeah. you know what it says? I, I just can't find it in a second. $3,000 a week. Simple as that. $3,000 someone can cover an entire Shabbat. Yep. Okay, that's it. Uh, what do you have about tonight with Teaneck, New Jersey? Do you have any of that information for us? Just one second. Yeah, get that for us. All right, tonight. So, yeah, go I'm ahead. Sorry. Sure. Yeah, um, you know, like you cannot let I cannot let Ramalchus leave here without a minute or so of yeah. his Devar Torah. You have to listen something. He's gotta He's gotta give you. How something. about if I save that for the end? Okay. Okay. Before we say goodbye, we're gonna ask you for Devar Torah, Malchus. But I must ask you and go back to something I asked you earlier or alluded to earlier. I, I know everybody's fascinating. Trust me. And you know, th- th- there are people who walk in here who who some may not think are fascinating, but I understand why everybody. Uh, you know what, what you can learn from everybody, but but there must be a story or two of someone who ended up at your table that you just were blown away, like you couldn't believe that this person is with you there in the house, or you had heard of them, and someone in fact did take them from the wall to your home on Shabbat. There, there, there must be a I don't know. Are there any stories like that you could share with us? Uh, there are many stories, but perhaps just a general statement about uh, how many people enter. With a very strong anti-religious feeling, uh, an anti, sometimes even anti-Semitic feeling, but surely people who have this image of religiosity, of spirituality, of Shabbat in a very, very negative way. And one of the most moving experiences for me and for my family is to see that the glory of Shabbat in Yerushalayim, especially, can somehow turn around many, many people's feelings, many, many people's hearts, many people's lives in the course of the years. Have there been non-Jews at your table? Baruch Hashem, many non-Jews. And they appreciate the experience. I hope so. so. By the way, do you recruit, and I'm not trying to be funny, do do you actively go to the wall and other places looking for people, or does someone do that for you, or there's really no need at this point to do that? I think if we would recruit, uh, then we would need many more than just just one apartment. We need many apartments, but uh, Baruch Hashem, we have a little minyan at the hotel every week. Right. So, so you're walking back home from the coast yes, every, every Shabbat morning. Right. It's usually the last minyan, actually. Right. Uh, and, uh, but it's mostly word of mouth. Many, many years ago, people used to call and ask, you know, can we come for Shabbat? Right. Reservation. Uh, yeah, the average number of people that call each week now is probably two or three. Uh, it's just right. whoever's there is there. And these meals are both Friday night and Shabbat day? Friday night both, and Shabbat day. And, and could be one just as large as the other. It's for Hashem. The third meal is usually much smaller. It's only 30 or 40 people. You serve Shalashunas as well. <laughs> you got everything covered. It's amazing. Uh, now, you are teaching at Leif HaTorah, correct? I try. You try. Yeah. Well, what does that mean? Come on. That means that I prepare and I, and I study. But you can't teach without, you know, without... Uh, yeah, I try. To, I, try I to say do. that because there are probably many students of yours from over the years that are listening right now and that are tuned in and are very familiar with what you've done. Please tell them that I love them. Uh, so you, you've just said it. They've heard it. <laughs> and, and I can attest to the fact, because it's like this in my own home, that students from other yeshivot in Israel are very familiar with you and your Shabbat activities. So uh, the, the word's gotten around, I can tell you that much. <laughs> and, and you literally don't know who will show up on Friday night to your home, right? In other words, you, at this point, it could be much different than the crowd who was there last week, so to speak. I hope that after this radio program, we'll have all your listeners being joining us this Shabbat. And, you, know? and, you, and you sincerely want that. I and, do. And, but and, it has to be led by you, and, and, and you walk in, and, and we'll accommodate all of you. you the know? worst thing that could happen to you is if I bring my crew to you. Are you kidding? That It's unnecessary. Why would you want us there? First of all, I think you would add so much just with your beautiful personality and your positive outlook and all the great teachings that we hear that you're teaching all from the, even the other side of the world. But, I mean, yeah, I, th- I think that each person has a unique contribution to the to Tikkun Olam. 
And you're only happier as more and more people file in. It's as simple as that. I hope so. Rabbi Mordechai Machlis is here. He's blowing me away on this uh, Tuesday morning. Uh, Moshe Machlis, do we have the information, or Joe, do we have the information regarding tonight in Teaneck, New Jersey? So there's a parlor meeting, I think, at, at Dr. Friedman's house in Teaneck, 1626 Buckingham Road, Teaneck, New Jersey. I really encourage everybody, if you've never met Rabbi Machlis, if you know of him, or if you have heard of him, I'm sure you have, just show up there and just listen to his, just even a little bit of his Torah or a little bit of what he has to say and his personality. You'll be blown away. That's for sure. Tonight, Friedman Home, Teaneck, New Jersey, and we are openly recommending that people support the cause. Simple as that. 100%. Machlis.org if you want to support. In fact, you can do it right now as you listen to this conversation. M-A-C-H-L-I-S.org. M-A-C-H-L-I-S. Dot org. We uh, had the opportunity this morning to re- meet Rabbi Machlis, and um, uh, you'll have an opportunity. <laughs> he, he and his wife, Henny, say they want to meet you. <laughs> Come on over to Mala Daphna and enjoy one or two or three Shabbat meals. <laughs> Simple as that. Has this gotten to the next generation? Not to put pressure on you, Moshe Machlis, but the, are, are you also entertaining 100 people in Ramat Beit Shemesh, or it hasn't exactly happened yet? <laughs> Not exactly. <laughs> But I am proud that Baruch Hashem, our married children, each one in his or her own way, I think understands and has internalized the values. And even though Rav Moshe here is humble, yes, there have been many guests, many people sleeping on his couch and on his floor also. I can imagine. The values that kids in this type of situation pick up must be unbelievable. All right. You know the recommendation, machlis.org. Rabbi... Mordechai Machlis, at the recommendation of the great Dr. Joe Rosazada, who you had the pleasure of meeting this past Shabbat. And I'm not going to embarrass him. I embarrassed you enough this morning. But if I asked you to describe his home, that would be really oh, embarrassing. No, 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 no. So, I'm, I, so I'm not going to ask you to do that. Cause he's, he, he, he's sticking around these parts, and he's going to be really upset at me if we do that. You're going back to Jerusalem, so I don't have to worry. Uh, but I ask you, as Joe recommended, a Dvar Torah, something inspiring for this audience with all that you do in mind. I could just share what Rav Cook taught. Uh, in several places in our literature, it speaks about the great homes being open on all four sides. Uh, the most famous, of course, is Avraham and Sarah, Abraham and Sarah. The Gemara also teaches in uh, Berachot about the home of Rav Chana Bar Chanilai, who had 60 people baking during the day, 60 people baking at night, feeding everyone, and the home was open on all four sides. So, of course, the, the, the literal meaning, the simple interpretation of that is that the hosts, Avraham and Sarah and Rav Chana and I wanted to provide immediate access to anyone coming. Right. You don't have to walk around. You know, sometimes you come to someone's house right. and say, during a snowstorm, they finally go up all the steps and they're out of breath and, and there's a sign, please use the other door. You know, they're, they're, so I guess that's, that's the first, the most obvious meaning. That you're coming from the north, the south, the east, the west, immediate entry. Rav Cook says it's not only supposed to be understood literally, but it's also supposed to be understood conceptually. It's very easy sometimes to open one's home to someone that's coming from the same place that you are. If I'm coming from the north and you're from the north, if I think very similarly to the way you think, it's okay, come in. You know, if I dress the way you do, if I believe the what happens if we don't we don't necessarily see eye tie? And you're coming from the east and she's coming from the west and he's from the north and she's from the south. Can I open my home to them as well? Of Cook says the greatness of these great people was that they were able to open their home to all four sides, even to people who weren't necessarily the same page with Avraham and Sarah or with Rav Chana Bar Wow. Amazing. Tremendous lesson. A tremendous lesson. Tonight you have the opportunity to hear Rabbi Machlis speak and you have an opportunity to support this amazing cause in Teaneck, New Jersey at the Friedman Home 
uh, on Buckingham. What was it called? Buckingham, 1626 Buckingham Road. 1626 Buckingham Road. In addition, we are highly recommending uh, that everybody go to the website, machlis.org, M-A-C-H-L-I-S.org, and give generously. As we mentioned earlier, $3,000 takes care of an entire Shabbat, but whatever you can give, believe me, is much appreciated. And it will certainly be utilized for incredible chesed, that's for sure. Uh, Rabbi Machlis, is there anything about the cause, about your activities, that we didn't cover this morning? Anything else you want to mention? Uh, we got it? We did a good job? <laughs> <laughs> Joe, did I get it all this morning? You got it. Really? You got per- as usual. Over you're the fence. Perfect. As usual. No, I'm perfect. so glad really to hear that. that. But Nachum, where were we last year, three days ago? This is, you know, you don't even... You know, Three days ago last year. Four days ago, actually. Friday. We were in Stay Road. Yep. Wow, it's a year? Wow. We should go back a year. Go. We should go back. There's a, for those of you who forget, there's a Safer Torah in, uh, in Stay Road that was dedicated to the memory of uh, Simon Jacob's uh, father-in-law, Barry's father, to Joe's father, and to my father, to the memory of all three, a Kohen, a Levi, and Yisrael, which I thought was the coolest thing. And that is now in the... Eat what we call the Ethiopian synagogue in Stay Road. That's right. Baruch Hashem. And we wonder, well, we didn't wonder, I wondered <laughs> whether we'd make it back there to That's see right. it again. That's so right. we should I'm do sure it. Simon has gone. I bet, right. I bet you. I bet you. I bet you Simon's <laughs> there right now. <laughs> <laughs> That's for sure. He better be taking He's videos. Picture. That's right. <laughs> He's going to surprise her the next <laughs> dinner. <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. Uh, Rabbi Mordechai Machlis, I thank you. An absolute honor to meet you. It's a very mutual feeling, and I really, my invitation is reiterated. Well, I appreciate that. It's going to be an amazing Shabbat in Yerushalayim, I can tell you that much. Um, and Moshe Machlis, thank you for uh, all the kind words about your family and all the accurate words about your family. Uh, pretty amazing. And everyone should remember, you should go to the website at machlis.org, M-A-C-H-L-I-S.org. And a special thank you to Lori and Joe Rosazada because of their open home. We got to meet Roy Machlis this morning. Here at JMM. Joe, thank you so much. Thank you. Tadarabah. Tonight in Teaneck at the Friedman Home, as you heard, go here by Machlis. Give to the cause now at the Machlis.org, M-A-C-H-L-I-S.org. Proud to bring you amazing segments like this on a Tuesday morning at JM in the AM.
There it is, Bum Bum with Benny Friedman. I'm going to have to play Toda. There are a couple of listeners who really, really desperately want to hear it this morning, so we'll do another from uh, Benny Friedman coming up. It's 20 minutes after 8 o'clock, Tuesday, JM and the AM, 71 degrees, partly cloudy, a high 92. Weather looks good for bike for a high. Oh, talk, speaking about fundraising, what an incredible effort by the worldwide community. What an incredible effort by the worldwide community. Bike for a high. According to the latest that we have, which is the latest because they keep updating it every every second here, uh, they're up to um, 5.333 million dollars. They're at 5.333. It's just amazing. And to all the riders who are getting ready for the 180 miles and these incredible two days, we'll be there tonight. We're going to actually record the first hour of uh, tomorrow's show from the pasta party tonight. We'll be there early, early tomorrow morning for the start line to do the rest of the Wednesday morning jam in the AM. Uh, obviously, if you have not yet gone to the Bike for High website to find a rider that you know to uh, to sponsor, do so immediately and participate in this amazing effort. And we are looking forward to it. So we'll be there tomorrow morning, then Thursday at 2 p.m. on our stream and with the NSN app. You'll be able to see and hear the incredible uh, um, euphoria as the riders get to, um, uh, to uh, Camp Simcha to the world's greatest finish line. So get set for that. Should be an unbelievable show. And we're looking forward to it. Um, I want to thank Mayor Fertig, who sat in yesterday. Thank you, Mayor. Always have great people sitting in while I'm away, and I appreciate that very much. Um, I just heard from Larry Spivak, told me that everything went well on Jewish Heritage Day. He actually threw out the first pitch in my stead, and I thank him. At the last minute, as I uh, mentioned earlier, I was not able to make it Sunday. Um, so uh, the Brooklyn Cyclones were very gracious and very understanding, and I thank them very much. Congratulations to Hatsala. They routed the NYPD last night. I still can't believe it. I still cannot believe it. <laughs> they routed them last night at MCU Park. And apparently the uh, Avram Fried concert and all the other entertainment was spectacular, so... Yashikach to Hatzala for a job well done, to so to, uh, to say the least. Uh, more coming up here at JM and the AM, including something that a lot of uh, a lot of youngsters are going to uh, be interested in. Zach Rosen, the great ball player, and I think Joe Stansky is also joining us from up in um, 
from up in Camp Missouri. They have an amazing program going on right after camp. We'll explain the whole thing for you uh, minutes from now right here at JM in the AM. More Benny Friedman by request.
J.M. in the A.M. Tuesday morning broadcast here at 91.1 FM. 90.1 FM in the Catskills, Rockland County. 91.9 in the FM dial. Around the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Big hello to those tuned in on the NSN app around the world. You can comment on the app, by the way. You may want to comment about our next guest. Zach Rosen is with us live via telephone. Before I, uh, before I uh, say hi to him, I will um, give a big shout-out to our friends at Camp Missora. It's because of Camp Missora that we met Zach. It's because of Camp Missora. That we met Zach. And Camp Missora is enjoying an amazing summer. Yeah, the girls did win Zimria last week. Okay, okay. That does happen once in a while, <laughs> at least. <laughs> but but they are having an amazing summer up there in camp, I'm proud to say. Oh, and a big shout-out to Avrami Cohen. Avrami Cohen was the featured singer, and I'm proud to say it was a uh, Nahum Siegel Network presentation of the um, the big Nachamu Malava Malka this past Saturday night. Oh, I could ask Zach about that. I bet you he went to the Malava Malka. Uh, so Avrami Cohn was up there, and a uh, big hello to him and to um, everybody who made that a very exciting event on Saturday night. Anyway, uh, Joseph Stansky and Ari Katz up at Camp Missora for years, for years, have been bringing amazing personalities to camp, many of them, one of the reasons that, that they are amazing. <clears throat> is that many of them have this unbelievable quality of great athletics and great midos, really incredible Jewish values that they give to the kids in addition to all the instruction and role model that role modeling that they're doing uh, on the court, uh, you know, as athletes. And uh, Zach Rosen is uh, exactly in that category. He is, you can look him up, he is um, an acclaimed basketball star, played point guard at the University of Pennsylvania, was an All-American, an Ivy League player of the year. He now plays for Maccabi Ashdod in Israel, and he is one of the people that Ken Masura, uh brings in to educate the kids, not just in basketball, but in life as well. And right after the summer, Joseph and Ari and Zach are going to be leading a uh, an incredible camp that's open to everybody, not just Missouri campers, but to everybody in the entire community. Zach Rosen, welcome to JM in the AM. Mr. Siegel, thank you for having me. Are you kidding? An absolute pleasure. First of all, how is the Malava Malka? Did you get a taste of all the great Jewish music on Saturday night? Believe it or not, <laughs> I wasn't there. I, I got up on Sunday, but uh, um, I heard I missed out. And uh, they were rocking it up there. It's a great camp. I just got back. I was there for a couple of days. Your boys up there, a lot of guys up there. It's a, uh, Joe and I run a really, really nice operation. Oh, I appreciate that. Oh, that's right. I forgot that you're, you're not just up in Missouri. You're touring around to a whole bunch of different places, influencing uh, kids of all ages. That's right, which is wonderful. And I'm trying to, whatever, God put me in a position with this whole basketball thing and where I am in my life that, uh, that I can help these kids see it a, a little bit differently, more than just the jersey. Yeah, no question. So, uh, I, I know it's working. I'll tell you that much. You're having an amazing influence on a lot of great kids out there. Let me ask you, because I'm sure there's a lot of curiosity before we get to what you're doing after the summer. Um, people want to know, what does it mean, Maccabi Ashdod? You know, many of us are NBA fans. We're college basketball fans in the U.S. You're playing what kind of ball at what level in Israel? Right. So, you know, it's a, mis- it's a misconception, especially by a lot of the kids that are like, oh, you play in, in Europe. It's uh, like second rate. First of all, in the NBA now, we're seeing a lot of the guys that are coming from um, 
Europe are blasting the draft. I think three of the top ten guys this year or whatever. That's true. Um, the league in Israel is very good because they allow five Americans on each team. Right. So they let uh, they let XM, uh, all the Americans playing in Israel, ex-NBA, fringe NBA, whatever, trying to get back into the NBA. And uh, the league is very it's ultra competitive. Like outside of, I would say, Maccabi Tel Aviv and the Polish Lion, the, all the budgets are virtually the same. So the, the the league is very there's a lot of parity, and every night uh, it's a war over there. And I don't want to uh, I don't want to use the word restricted, but sometimes there's no choice. Um, you are I don't want to say limited either. You are in a unique situation. Because most important to you, and this is one of the reasons we laud you, most important to you is to be Shomer Shabbos, is to be, you know, number one in that category, and everything else comes second. With that in mind, you're somewhat limited in, in where you can go in the in the basketball uh, uh, leagues in Israel. Correct? Um, no, not in Israel. Basically, you know, it depends on the coach and and who's receptive to it. But basically, when you stand on two feet and tell them what what you're doing. So then most of the, I mean, most are pretty responsive to, to what you want to do. Interesting. And, uh, it, within the world, you're, you're very limited. You, you ain't going to Turkey right. as a Shomer Shabbos basketball player. <laughs> right. And, and, and with that goes without saying you're not going to the NBA no matter how good you are if you're Shomer Shabbos. Right. I think they would adjust the schedule for LeBron. Chutz Mizeh. Yeah, that would uh, be it. Zach Rosen's with us, speaking to us from up in Guilford, New York at Camp Masora where he's, uh, Having an amazing uh, hashpa, as we say, great influence on a lot of wonderful kids up there. Um, at, I, I don't know what you know. I don't know what about this you want to discuss on the air and what you don't. I know you've shared a lot of it with some of the campers. Um, at some point, I assume it was in your college career. All of a sudden, uh, your heritage and you're from Jersey, by the way, a proud Jersey boy, folks. That's right, uh, where we are right now. Uh, I assume at some point in your college career, or maybe shortly afterwards, there was some type of of influence on you or, or revelation where 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 all this that I just described, values, Shabbos, etc., came to the forefront and became even more important than playing ball. Yeah, yeah. So I was um, I actually went to Catholic high school, St. Benedict's Prep. That's Newark, yeah. New Jersey, right? Yeah, Newark. That's funny. Wow. Yeah, so I went there. We were. Uh, we were a heck of a basketball team. Wow. Um, <laughs> we were, like, number one in the country, the whole nine. And the, actually the headmaster there started, like, planting seeds in my head that I was Jewish and, like, calling me out for certain things. Um, used to walk in the gym sometimes on Friday and, like, whisper in my ear, Zach, you got to go. The sun's going down. It's Shabbat. You're serious. Yeah, and I had no clue what any of that stuff was, meaning, like, I'm coming from far. And then basically I went to Penn, where 30% Jewish. Right. Um, there's 3,000 Jews there, and I did absolutely nothing. Zero. Zero. And I found myself in the Hillel building on Yom Kippur my junior year questioning what I was doing there. <laughs> Classic. And, uh, in my senior year, I finally, two of my, two of my friends, thank God they recruited me. They convinced me to do this program, uh, this Jewish program that was run by an awesome rabbi, and I heard someone speak. Who's still my Rebbe today? And uh, from there, after college and the whole NBA thing, I ended up in Israel somehow, some way, and that kind of like saved me. Unbelievable! Zach Rosen's with us. I told you, folks, it's an amazing story. You're meeting, obviously, both in Masora and in other places that you're visiting this summer. You're meeting a lot of kids who are from from families. 
And, you know, I, I always do, and some people think it's just a routine, but, but depending on my mood, sometimes it's serious. I often, you know, I often question people in situations like yours. You're, you're living this dream, so to speak. And of course, you know, Jewish tradition, heritage seeps into the entire picture. Are, are kids asking you the same thing? Are kids, you know, who are, who are from, from the beginning of their lives, who may take it for granted or may question themselves why they're doing it? Are they asking you the same thing? Like, how, how could you let this interfere with your athletic career? Yeah. Yeah, it's really, it's, it's, you know, based on the kid or his background or where he comes from and how involved, whatever, the, 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 the tone of that conversation goes in a bunch of different ways, but good for these kids and, and good for their parents that good, that they actually do ask and they come up and they, we hang out. We're up till two in the morning. You can ask your boys. We're just, I mean, it's awesome. They're, they're, they're very curious and they want to, they want to see it. They want to hear it, but the truth is, like, after I'm out there just beating them up one-on-one a little bit, <laughs> that's when they listen to me. <laughs> I can imagine. Yeah, you gain a little bit more respect, huh? <laughs> Zach Rosen's with us, uh, and I, I don't even know if this is a fair question to ask you at this point, but are we doing a good job based on the way they're speaking to the kids and based on their questions and, you know, some of the stands that they take when it comes to tradition and heritage? You know, is the modern Orthodox world, you know, basically doing a pretty good job of instilling those values in the kids? Are you getting a good feeling about their feeling for Judaism? Yeah, these kids, I, I'm actually impressed. You know, my whole indoctrination to, to Judaism and Yiddishkeit, as I know it, is Israeli. So it's a whole different ballgame there in terms of picking a side and the lines and where you are and what you have to be and how you have to dress and the whole thing. Right. These kids, these American kids in camp, um, they're they're very balanced, I would say. They have a way, they have a release. They try to they try to mesh it they try to mesh it all. The only thing I stress to these guys is that the the, the NBA players and the guys who they love to talk about and and, and and emulate and watch video and the whole thing. I just try to stress them that a lot of these guys are, you know, they're not the greatest role models. Right. So to be able to separate what these guys are doing on the court versus mm. who they actually are is a big, big, big thing for me because I know a lot of these guys are a destructive human being. And, and on the other side, I bet you've met one or two who are, in fact, positive role models. Yeah, yeah. Right. Try to highlight those guys. Right. Wow. Uh, Zach Rosen's with us. All right. To be fair to Zach, I, I could talk about this stuff all day long, but I gotta be fair to Zach. He he's announced, and Joseph and Ari have announced. Everybody at Camp Masora has announced the Zach Rosen basketball camp. I'm reading from from what they wrote here, and I think it's just such a poignant way of putting it. Using basketball as the medium, starting on August 23rd, up at Camp Masora, boys entering grades five through twelve will discover more of who they are, where they are, and where they want to direct their lives. Skill breakdown and development, live competition, mental approach, video sessions, one-on-one instruction, guest speakers. Um, Zach will be coaching your son at the highest level and will show him through the game he loves how to learn many of life's most fundamental lessons. Not just basketball lessons, Zach, life lessons as well. That's right. I'm... Uh... I'm wondering who wrote that. That sounds pretty good. Uh, <laughs> Zach writes, the guys who join me this summer will return to school as better people, better players, and equipped with tools for success in any endeavor. We love the game. Let's dig and get all we can get out of it. This is happening August 23rd through August 27th up at Camp Missora. Boys entering grades 
5 through 12. And you mean it. And, and you know, I'm not knocking any other basketball program out there. I'm sure there are a lot of great ones. But you mean it that you have a goal here not just to improve basketball skills but really to improve kids' lives as much as possible. Right. I mean, the, the goal for me since I've been exposed to this is twofold. I mean, I'm, I'm in a power, like you said. I can, I'm in a position where I can influence a little bit. And I really I want to give the guys a real basketball experience, which nothing for nothing, Mr. Siegel, in my small experience, doesn't exist on the highest level in the Yeshiva world. Um, I want to give the kids a real taste of working hard and doing all the things that they love on the court, not just going out and playing five-on-five and standing in a zone for 10 hours a day. Right. And, and, and through that process of giving them exposure to what they can really experience through the game, you just it's so easy, and it's my passion to highlight where that's going to translate to them in yeah. their life and what's really going on, because at the end of the day, I mean, it's a ball going through a hoop. And that's nice, but what can we learn from it and take it into our life? Because that's been very powerful for me in my life. And we should stress, you're not saying this with any bitterness toward, you know, any segment of the community. You mean this as a, as a positive thing. You're, you're, yeah. you're, you're taking this in a very positive way as a method to really reach kids and help them improve their lives overall. What do we need to know about the camp? I mean, we know it's for those kids, the boys, who are entering grades 5 through 12. I mean, some kids may ask, you know, do I need to to, to know how to dribble? Do I need to really know how to play ball well? Uh, are there any requirements for this camp? All you have to do is come, if you're coming to camp, all you have to do is be willing to work and open to new experiences for five days. Simple as that. You will go, you will go home whatever level you come to camp as you'll go home a totally different player with a totally different idea you know we were talking about this yesterday but the whole idea i'm there for five days to give the boys something that they can go home with and then do on their own because that's where the real magic happens when the guys will be doing it on their own but they got to know where to focus their efforts and for parents who might be worried i'm i'm sure that that um, everything having to do with uh, with a, with a basic Jewish day will be covered as well. You're not just yeah, no, you, no, you, no. You, we're running a serious deal here. Yeah, no, no one's waking up and going straight to the court. <laughs> we no. we we know where Jewish boys have to wake up and go straight to. So uh, you're going to take care of that element as well. Uh, what do people need to know in terms of getting this done? Is there an application process, a website? Yeah, What's the can, best way to do this? You can go right now. It's very easy. You just go on the website and just register quickly. It's uh, ZachRosenBasketballCamp.com, and you'll just have a very simple, very creative, I know. Uh, you'll just go on the registration and, and, and get locked in. And then um, the only other thing I'll say about, about the camp is I, in speaking to kids, a lot of their goals are, you know, some guys just want to make their team. They want to make their JV team. They want to make their high school team. The way to do that, is by getting into an experience like this. You can play five-on-five. You can go down. You don't need to go away to a camp in order to play five-on-five with your friends at the local park. That's you true. know what I'm saying? If you want to make your team, if that's the idea for you, then I, I really feel like I'm passionate. I can help you do that in a lot of ways. And, uh, and the, mental, the mental approach and that whole thing is not underrated, trust me. And and one week is not too short a time to do that, right? At least not to develop the program that's going to get you into doing it on your own. No. Right. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, Zach Rosen, basketballcamp.com. By the way, a word, because you know I love... Uh, I love uh, giving a boost to our friends up at Camp Missouri. They've really upgraded their basketball facilities. They're all set for a camp like this, right? 
Yeah, I just got back from a couple of days up there. It's um, you know, we get like ten minutes of rain a day. That's the only. That's our only thing. <laughs> we got. I mean, we have about. I want to say four or six, probably about fourteen hoops. Yeah, it's amazing what they've done. Well, we will have the whole campus. There'll be no one else. There'll be all boys. We'll have the entire campus to ourselves. It's going to be a small group. That's the other thing. This isn't going to be like 200 kids running around. It's going to be a small group. It's, it's my vision that it'll be a very small operation where I can be hands-on with, with all the guys and my staff, where we can be, you know, very one-on-one. That's where I believe real coaching can happen. That's been my experience in basketball and life. It's about the one-on-one. There you go. Look him up, folks. Zach Rosen, big star, and now a big star in our incredible community. ZachRosenBasketballCamp.com. Big shout-out to our friends up in Camp Missouri. Zach, good luck with this. We'll remind everybody about it, and I hope it's a major success for you. Coach Siegel, thank you very much. Tuesday morning broadcast. This is JM in the AM.
Yakov Shweki and company off of the Crino Morris CD here at JMM. Seven minutes before nine o'clock. Thanks, Mayor Furtick, for sitting in yesterday. A great day today. Zach Rosen, unbelievable guest. We love highlighting those who are declaring that Shabbos is more important than sports. I'm telling you. We found another one, thank God. <laughs> and he is a, just an amazing influence, a positive influence on so many kids out there. Um, so thank you, Zach. And a big thank you to Rabbi Machlis and company, including his son and including our great friend, Dr. Joe Rosazada. Uh, we're recommending everybody go to the website and support that incredible, amazing chesed effort in Yerushalayim led by, uh, by Henny Machlis. Um, go to machlis.org, M-A-C-H-L-I-S.org. Simple as that, M-A-C-H-L-I-S.org. And give as generously as you can. Speaking of giving, uh, the amount of giving that has been, uh, that has been given <laughs> for the uh, for the uh, bike for Chai is just unbelievable. I mean, it's just incredible how proud the community worldwide should be that they have responded the way they have. We cannot wait to get there tonight. We're going to actually record hour one of JM in the AM tonight up at the hotel with the riders. And then tomorrow morning, very early, we're going to do hours two and three. You'll hear all of it, obviously, tomorrow morning starting at 6 a.m. here at JM in the AM. Uh, so far, according to the latest tally, uh, Bike for Chai, and we recommend that everybody go to the website and sponsor somebody. Chances are you'll know somebody on the list. There's so many amazing riders who are riding the 180 miles. So far, $5.33 million. $5.33 million. What an incredible effort. So remember, tomorrow morning, it's Bike for Chai and all of our special guests during those three hours. And then Thursday at 2 o'clock, we'll be on the web, video and audio, on the web from the what's called the world's greatest finish line up at Camp Simcha. All right, so those two things you got to keep in mind for this week, for the special celebration of Bike for Chai and the incredible effort by so many amazing riders. Simple as that. Five minutes before 9 o'clock, it's JM in the AM. Mosela, como be'er 
אני חוזר מאלף גלגולים. אני נזיר בן מלף וקבצן, ובלילות לבכות השועלים. אני חולם וארבח בו בזמן. אני רואה אותך הרחוקה, כמו נסיכה שבויה במגדלים. בין סורגים יושבת ומחכה האלוקים, האלוקים גדולים, הנני כאן כמו ציפורים חגות, הנני כאן מביט מן הגגות, הנני כאן כמו אבן בגדר, כמו סלע, כמו באר. חוזר, חוזר, ואת אחינו בישראל, אנחנו מאחם הברודרס וסיסטרס בישראל, אנחנו איתכם 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 אמריקה's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listen to sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Round the world on the web, jmtheam.org. Wraps up a great Tuesday here at JMTheAM. Thank you to Rabbi Machlis and company for visiting us. Thank you, Zach Rosen, for visiting us by phone. Thank you, Ellie Politoff, for the report on last night's NYPD Hatzalah game. Congratulations, Hatzalah. That was a big surprise. Tomorrow it's bike for a chai. Simple as that. Should be a lot of fun. Can't wait to pay tribute to the hundreds that are going to be raising incredible money for an amazing cause. Tomorrow morning, 6 to 9, Bike for Chai. Early part of the morning will be from tonight's visit with the riders. And then, of course, later on, the early morning visit with the riders. You'll hear it all right here at JM in the AM. Have a fabulous Tuesday. Till tomorrow, from Bike for Chai, Nahum Sigal reminding you, remember to pass, live the present, and trust the future.